Exit 52 podcast instant analysis coming at you after a Ravens victory over the Texans. 33-16 for the good guys today down in Houston. Not as dominant as it was last year, but also really never in doubt throughout the game. And it was one of those ones where you feel like the Ravens are not playing to their best maybe, but they're B-plus game, B-game, B-minus game is better than pretty much everybody else's any kind of game. Um, and they get it done against the Texans today. Um, some notable performances, 230 yards on the ground combined. Gus Edwards had a nice game with 73 leading the way from that front. Um, a bunch of guys caught the ball. Nothing really notable from that um, side of it. And then Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters were great in this game, um, both forcing a turnover. And the Ravens continue to, to claim the best cornerback doing the league. Banks, I'll start with you. Just overall thoughts on this one as the Ravens kind of just, you know, it's weird to say it's underwhelming, but it felt kind of underwhelming. Yeah, it was It was kind of the way that they're playing now. Um, to a degree, I wanted them to step on the throats sooner, but you have to remember that they are a run-the-ball first team, and that really shined through today. We saw some struggles on the ground last week, and they really threw the ball all over the yard. I felt as though the Texans really made it a point to pressure Lamar Jackson and, and force the issue. And um, he had a real tough time in the pocket. And I think that uh, the pass protection was, was really shaky at certain points, but ultimately we kind of answered that with running the ball and shoving it down their throats. Uh, we built a lead and ultimately we, we just kind of had one of those fourth quarter drives that was so uh, iconic or so whatever you want to call it for what they did last year. They just kind of squashed teams by building leads and running the ball on the ground and just kind of killing their spirit and giving them no chance to come back. It was pretty much what they were doing today. So um, to a degree, like just like relative to the week before, Different sort of game plan, different sort of game, different sort of game. But uh, regardless, the Ravens can win a lot of different ways, and they're winning by multiple scores. Regardless, it's 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 exciting to see. Yeah, they can pretty much do it however you want to do it. And as you said, um, just sort of some backbreaking drives there late in the game to put it away. And I said underwhelming before I teed you up there. And it's weird to say any win where you beat a good team on the road, albeit in the situation with no fans, 33 to 16 is underwhelming. We're just grading on an insane curve at this point, which is that's exactly right. Like, which is out, which is outrageous. Um, RDT, what did you see just overall um, watching the Ravens today? I'm kind of with you guys. I, that first half I was kind of waiting for it to kick in and it was almost like a car that you haven't driven in a while. And you're waiting for it and waiting for it to kick in and go. And it just – it doesn't really go. And then once you get it warmed up, you're good to go and, and you're cruising. And not, not saying the Ravens weren't ready. It just looked like they, – they looked like a team who didn't play any preseason games, who was making, I guess, a, a, cross, an, a halfway across the country trip, their first road trip. And like we talked about last week, a lot of the guys making their first NFL road start. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the run – the run game was almost non-existent in the first half. And then I remember thinking that first drive after halftime, 
they came out and they were punching the Texans in the face. And it was almost like what I was used to watching Derrick Henry, where you kind of just weather the storm in the first half. And then that second half, you go, oh, crap, we're going to get punched in the face. And they did it over and over and over. And the, the J.K. Dobbins and the, um, his long run and then the Mark Ingram run, I couldn't help but think other game in in, um, in Texas that the Ravens oh, yeah. kind of had control of the this. entire game. And then that they, they just – you talk about putting your thro- you know your foot on their throat. They did that in Dallas to close down the old Texas Stadium. I love where we're going with this. It, and that's exactly <laughs> – when I saw Dobbins do that, I was like, if he scores, we're going to see that run of him next to McLean for the rest of eternity. And, I mean, yeah, it, Lamar wasn't – he wasn't his best, but he didn't, he didn't really need to be. Um, he was getting abused, and, and this is no newsflash, but uh, J.J. Watt's pretty good. And, yes. Uh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. He was eating Orlando Brown Jr. for lunch and dinner. And um, I just – I'm so under – like, I know we've used the word a bunch. It'll probably be the title of the podcast. Underwhelmed by the Texans. Their whole offense just stinks. And it was like the Ravens were letting them take these underneath shots and they weren't going to go long because they don't have anyone to go long because Will Fuller has hamstrings made of paper mache, but they don't, they don't scare you. And, and I just feel like they were just like Marcus Peters sitting on that and making that unbelievable play. That's because they knew that the Texans weren't going to go long and Marcus Peters was just going to sit there and let them throw those underneath passes. There you have it. That's a hell of a breakdown. It's amazing. It's amazing with one of a guy that I think is one of the scariest guys to play against in Deshaun Watson they aren't scary. Like you watch that game, the entire game and he, they don't have, I mean, not a shocker when you trade your best wide receiver and one of the best guys in the game who's now lighting it up with Kyler Murray in Arizona and DeAndre Hopkins. Like you can't trade that guy and just expect to bring in Brandon cooks and have that offense go as it went before. Um, And they continue to not be able to protect Watson. And, and, And so even when the Ravens couldn't get it, maybe out of third year offensively, you know, Deshaun did some good things and made some plays that show you who he is. But overall, and maybe it's a little bit what they're doing schematically, uh, it doesn't feel like that thing fires as much as it should. And that, and that helped the Ravens kind of just get to the point where you have the lead for this long and then you can put it away in the third and fourth quarter as they did. Totally agree. I think there are points in time when you see Deshaun Watson in the pocket and he's standing there and he's, he's surveilling the field. And, he, and then he breaks the pocket, and you think you have him sacked, and he extends the play, and you think that he's going to do something backbreaking, and all that he ever does is really just throws somebody underneath, and it's really not all that detrimental. And I feel like what the secondary did all day, for the most part, was to just kind of keep the damage under check, and that's, that's what they had to do all season. They just have to not get beat, one, consistently, and not get beat deep, because the offense is so potent that, you know, if it comes to a shootout, the Ravens have the weapons to make it a shootout. And it wasn't a shootout today. The Ravens, you know, they kind of kept them in check and the, and the Texans scored a few times. But ultimately, when it came down to it, they built a lead and they ran the ball on the ground. They extended the sticks throughout the second half and they just kind of broke the backs of the Houston Texans. And you forget, I think, sometimes a guy like Gus Edwards is just not really talked about. Obviously, Ingram, you know, makes the headlines. He's a good talker, a great personality. J.K. Dobbins is the exciting young player. Obviously, what Lamar does with his, his legs. But Gus Edwards is an effective, effective NFL running back. And that's just the only way I could put it. He just knows how to get yards in the NFL. And today, he was the best running back on the field. Obviously, 
Um, Ingram, Ingram was also good, had the long touchdown run, but Gus Edwards just did what he had to do to put the game away. On the other side, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are the best defensive back duo in the league, and I don't even think it's close. Those two guys are incredible playmakers. They do exactly what they need to do, and it's amazing that they have both of those guys on this team because it's just such a dangerous a dangerous situation for other teams. That Marlon Humphrey punch out is just his signature at this point. I mean, it's a, that was an incredible play he made. No question. And I think that between the two of them, they're, they're perfect like yin and yang where mm-hmm. Marcus Peters is aggressive. He tries to cut routes. He's, he's feisty. He talks a big game. Uh, Marlon Humphrey is, is very physical. He, he, he loves to get in the mix. Uh, it's just very positionally sound. They are just such a great combo, and I, I can't really think of another combo that comes remotely close to them in the league, and they continue to play lockdown defense for this, for this defense, and it gives them so many opportunities to blitz the quarterback. You know, the, Matt Judon is, is really good, and I saw him in the, back, in, in the backfield a good amount, and uh, Pernell McPhee a good amount, but that's all made possible by the fact that there's such sound coverage by those guys that they can pretty much do whatever they want. Wake Martindale is so blessed to have those two guys because it opened up the defense to do all kinds of things to pressure the quarterback. Yeah, an incredible stat I saw about Peters from my guy, Jonas, who writes for The Sun. 28 interceptions in 79 NFL games. Ed Reed had 27 in his first 74. That's, that's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, that guy, that guy has a nose for the ball. Beautiful. I was going to say real quick, if there's a bar that doesn't have a drink called the, like the fruit punch or the Marlin punch, then <laughs> you just don't like money that's because exactly I mean, right. like, like you talked about, it's going to, it's, it's his move. Now there's no more peanut punch. It's, it's the Marlin the punch. punch is the fruit punch. Yeah. It's, it's definitely canceled. Um, but, and when you said the yin, yin and yang, I, that's, that's what I was thinking all day. And like you said, Peters is that aggressive, loud mouth, kind of in-your-face cornerback. And Peter, or, and then it seems like Humphrey is, you know, he probably talks a little bit on the field, but he's not that the eccentric personality that, that you see Peters is. And they just complement each other so well. And, and I can't think of the, um, the other cornerback who got hurt. Um, Vaughn. I don't know if there's any update on him. Yeah. There's not, not that but I've that, seen. And it, it didn't look good. And, I, you know, I'm not a doctor, and I know no one on Twitter is, but everyone – kind of jumping to the conclusion that it's an ACL again. And I think it's the same one that he heard a couple of years ago. Um, them being that, that good, they're, they're just going to have to step up. And I know we've seen it the last, you know, they, they, they definitely did it last year, but uh, that, that, that could be, I guess, something to keep an eye on that. This is probably where Brandon Carr would uh, coming back would have been nice, but um, it, it's hard to find two better quarterbacks in the NFL, let alone two better quarterbacks paired up, you know, 50 yards across from each other. I think we can talk about let's, – let's talk about our guy since we talk about him ad nauseum on this show, and that's Lamar Jackson. 18 for 24, 204 yards, um, rushed for 54 yards on 16 carries. And this was not the MVP A-plus Lamar game, but this also showed you that Lamar can operate the team through the game and win a game where he's maybe not able to get the kind of creases in the run game or kind of explosive plays in the pass game that he would like – and just kind of bring the Ravens and, and not game manage, because that's not what he does. He's, he'll never be called that. But he just played a smart game today. He, he didn't give anything away. 
He didn't give the Texans any momentum-changing defensive plays. RDT, as you said, you're going to get sacked by J.J. Watt every once in a while. So is every quarterback in the league. But with a, where in a time where the pocket was not always, I'm sure, where, where he would have liked, as clean as he would have liked, I thought he did a really, really nice job today and, and just played a professional game. That's so on point. It really is. 18-24, it shows you that he's hitting a lot of passes, hitting the easy stuff when it, when it needs to come to that. He, you could definitely tell that within the, the, the confines of the offense, he took it upon himself to, to take off and run the ball. There were a lot of third and longs where he tried to make something happen. They just weren't there, and he didn't try to make too much happen. And I feel like that, that says a lot about his confidence uh, not just on a given drive, but just that within the confines of a 60-minute game, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens offense are going to have their opportunities where they're going to score points. We can take three points at, at these given opportunities and, and, and be satisfied with that, and we'll have our opportunities to control the game offensively and score more points otherwise. He didn't, like, he's still 23 years old, and he didn't try to make too much happen. And, and that, that's – it, he just really seems to have an acute sense of what the situation is within a football game and doesn't try to do too much. He's pretty much mistake-free, which, I mean, that says it all. Kind of echoing what you said. Um, I mean, all I could think about today was, like, this guy just doesn't – he doesn't put his receivers in a bad spot where they get blown up and a ball gets tipped and then it's, you know, going the other way. He, he plays very under – for his, how fast and electric and quick he is, he plays so under control. Like a lot of times you'll see guys who are that fast who just look like the roadrunner and they're just all over it, but they're, but they're so out of control, and, and Lamar's just not. And, and it seemed like in the first half he was almost just toying with them. Like he would take – he would drop back, he would do his reads, all right, there's nothing there, I'm going to run. And he'd do that, and, and you know, he, he did what he needed to do, and he got hit a little bit. But, again, that, that's because the, the line didn't look too great. But, yeah, he, did, he didn't force anything. He didn't give the Texans even a thought of a turnover to get them back in a game. And, and he just – I mean, it's like every week you just get more and more impressed by what he does. And then, Banks, like you just said, like you realize this guy's 23 fucking years old, and it's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, just, yeah. it's unfair to the, to the rest of the league where he is. And, and in the broader perspective, real quick, of this NFL Sunday, as we watch it, it seems like on the AFC side, the contenders are emerging as who they were predicted to be before the year through two weeks. You have a Bills team that's now 2-0. and The Patriots play tonight. We'll see what happens with them. The Steelers had an up-and-down game, but they go to 2-0. and The Titans are 2-0. and And the Chiefs are locked in a game with the Chargers right now as we record um, and just wanted a game-winning field goal. So now they're 2-0. and um, So all of the contenders have kind of shown themselves to be that through two weeks as the Ravens have. And we won't get too much into Chiefs-Ravens. We'll do that on the, the show that comes out Thursday. But in the context of the AFC, I think the Ravens kind of know who their challengers are here through two weeks. And I don't think there's really any reason to have pause if you're a Ravens fan. Look, could the offensive line be better right now? Yes. Um, could certain aspects of the defense be better? Maybe. But they've been pretty good through two games. Um, you're not necessarily scared of any of those teams, and you know exactly who you're going to see later in the year, unless this really drastically changes. And I don't like to make <laughs> big judgments through two weeks, but the teams are winning are the teams that are winning, and those are the ones we thought would be there with the Ravens through two weeks. 
what have you guys, where do you guys put the Ravens now in the context of just how we've seen this Sunday develop? I really think that at this point, and I think that this is what everybody thought going into the season, it's, it's the Chiefs and the Ravens, and everybody else is trying to chase those two teams. And so we're kind of trying to feel out the way the Chiefs play. I didn't watch them today, so I didn't really get a good feel for them, and that's why I'm so freaking excited for this next week. And we won't get into that, like you said. That's, that's big-time talk for this upcoming week. But you have to love the way that the Ravens have played through two games. They've, they've kind of, like, ensured that everything we saw last season is not a mirage. They threw the ball all over the yard against the Browns, and they really showed, again, the way that they did the previous season, that when they get a lead, whether it be one score, two score, whatever – that they can shove on the ground, extend the drives, control the clock, and really just close out games. And you know with the secondary that they have that they, they have such a well-crafted team to, that really just complements all of their skill sets. So I couldn't be more excited going into next week. I really think that next week is uh, – not, again, not to get too far ahead of myself, but it is – it's maybe the game of the year in the AFC for who who gets to have that one tiny elite one seed buy that now that the NFL set up the, the playoff structure this way, that's – I mean, that's that's huge. So, I'm really, really excited with the way this game – with this team plays all kinds of different ways. Yeah, um, I, I, like like I said last week, I think it's it's Chiefs one A, it's Ravens one B. I think, and and seeing the Chiefs get down like they did today, like they did all last playoffs, and then come in, come back and win, it's like yeah, it's kind of what we've expected because you know that Mahomes and those guys can flip the switch and turn it on whenever. Um, and again, like, like Banks was just saying, we've seen the Ravens win in a blowout. Now we've seen them win in, and I don't I, I don't want to call it an ugly game, but but it was just a black game and they still won by 17 over what some people were saying is a really good AFC South team in the Texans. Um, I, I think it's them too. And like, like Brian said, everyone else is chasing them. The Steelers, the Titans, the bills, all the, the Patriots, all those teams are, I, I, I don't think it's very close between the top team in that tier. And then the, the Ravens or, you know, the chiefs, if you want to, I mean, I just, I think the chiefs and the Ravens are by far and not even just the class of the AFC. I think they're by far the class of the NFL. Yeah, we're going to get a very good look at that on Monday, and we will go into that on Thursday's show. And it's so funny. We started this with me saying uh, the Ravens were underwhelming today, and then we ended it with Banks saying that he loves how the Ravens are playing. And I think that's the curve that you look at with a team that's won 14 straight regular season games. It feels underwhelming when you don't win by 40. And then as you talk through it, you're like, wow, what an incredible football team. And that's kind of the story of the Baltimore Ravens. It really is. It's got a 17-point win. And I was like, at a certain point in the football game, I was like a little bit like, oh, geez, pass protection, that's a problem-ish. Like, and then you look at the score and, and then you watch them run the ball and it's just kind of like, okay, don't let one drive just like define the way you feel about this football team. It's so sort of the opposite of what we used to here in Baltimore. I don't know. It's so fun. Well, you always look for reasons. You always look for reasons to, we talked about this a little bit on Thursday's show, last Thursday's show. We always look for reasons to be concerned because that's what you do as a fan. You want to, you want to get angsty. You want to do all that stuff. 
Um, and that's what we do. And I think there are some things that could be improved. Like the, the pass blocking certainly is one, but there's just a really big curve on this team right now. And, and that's good. That's what you want. That's where you want your organization to be. You want to be this critical because that means you're in a really good spot. And you know that John Harbaugh and that coaching staff will go back this week and watch all that film and find those things to critique. And they, they keep getting better week after week. We saw it last year. So, um, and, and like you said, what a game, what a marquee game for Monday night football. Pro, one, maybe the best Monday night matchup since the Rams and the um, Chiefs from a couple of years ago, just with that type of feel um, for ESPN on Monday night, that should be pretty fun. It's going to be so fun. I, I, I really implore you to uh, save it for the podcast this week because we're, I mean, we are going to have a heck of a podcast this week. And that is, uh, I mean, such an all-time topic here. I mean, the, the, this is the exact team that we have been waiting for all year and we wanted it in the AFC Championship so bad. And uh, it's Sorry. the ultimate test. It really is. Lamar yep. versus Mahomes. That's what everybody wants to see. And, so. the last, and the last two games have been spectacular. But as you said, we won't step on that discussion too much here. Uh, the Instant Analysis podcast is over. We've got uh, Brian here in full darkness after winning his Wood Bat Baseball Championship today. Congrats to you. We, the instant, Thank you. The instant, Thank you. The Instant Analysis for that win will be on our other podcast today in Men's Wood Bats League, which you can find on Apple and Spotify <laughs> as well. RDT is headed to a softball game. He's in the car. That's how dedicated these two guys are to the pod. They're both on their phones. As I sit here in the comfort of my room here in Fed Hill. Um, so hopefully you get a win. RDT, you coming out with the win. Who are we playing? Who are you playing this game? Uh, we're playing some brewery in Howard County. I don't know who it is, but they're 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 two and ten. Um, Bombs. It's, it's not looking good for them. I may even be home in time to to see halftime of uh, Sunday night football. So, and and r- real quick, shout out to me. I predicted thirty one thirteen last week, so I thought I was going to come close for for a minute, but. 30, 30, uh, what is it? 36, 60, 33, 16. 33. You're right there. Oh, that's, not right bad. There. that's pretty good. No, I was right there. Also, uh, one last shout out, John Means, 12 Ks, seven straight today. That but again, was awesome. We'll leave, yeah, we'll leave more awesome. of that for the podcast. Really yeah. awesome. That was awesome. Good for him. Good for him to finish. Somebody told me that happened today and I said, holy shit. Good for John Means. Yeah. John Means, a, a good guy and an all-star and they can never freaking take that away from him. An of all-star. Fuck Alex Cora. So, so good. <laughs> and that is how the podcast will end. Good luck at the softball RDT. A big win for Thank Ben you, today in the Wood Bat League. A big win for the Ravens today. Make Thank sure you. to follow us on all of our social media channels today at Exit 52 Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. Barstool Banks for the man who is in total darkness with me right now. Taylor Smythe. Tenth- I'm, I'm a bit boozed up too. I'm a bit boozed up. Well, that's, that's exactly where I want to be on a Sunday after a big win. It's E D I T T I 21. Ah, 22. I did it again. I did it again. It's horrible. That's horrible. Maybe people are going to follow someone with the 21 too. You maybe should make that a burner account. So you can have, you just get followers on both. We've been talking we can't, about we can't say the B word around. Uh, yeah, that's, Jack that's, is Jack is listening. That is that is very true. <laughs> Jack is always listening to you, my friend. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for the show on Thursday. Uh, we really appreciate all the support of the last few episodes, um, and and we will keep on rolling as the Ravens face the Chiefs next Monday night after a 30, 33, I'm gonna split the numbers there. Thirty three sixteen win over the Texans. Thanks so much. We'll see you on Thursday on the Exit Fifty Two podcast. <laughs>